Listeners, you're back with Benny, Banksy, and Boydie, the basketball blokes dribbling all things Aussie hoops and NBL fantasy. Uh, this week, we're kicking off with Benny. Tell us a bit about the prize we've got going. Okay, guys, we all know that you're disappointed about no prizes being available in the game day competition this year. Um, now, fortunately for us, one of our members of this podcast, Banksy, won a whole of prizes last season. Too many. Too many? That I've got to give one away. So, yeah, double ups, I believe. So, um, basically, you know, to mark the start of the overall scoring, um, overall competition starting this week, because, and probably league games will default to this week as well, guys. So, it's basically the start of the season. Uh, Banksy's decided to give away a prize to one of our listeners slash followers. So, we'll be giving away one basketball signed by the... 2017-18 2017-18 NBL champion Melbourne United uh, players. Um, so basically to win this you'll need to do the following. Um, we've got the post up there pinned to the top of our Facebook page. If you like and share the post um, and follow us on Twitter. What's the Twitter handle, Boydie? At bball underscore blokes. And we have a Twitter question that you have to answer. It's basically, who is your favourite NBL fantasy selection on your team and why? Now, it could be that they are unique, cheap, good-looking, or a good locker room fit. Um, basically, we've got a bit of a sick sense of humour. I don't know. you know, I've got a, a bit of a, a propensity to enjoy some dad jokes and I like. <laughs> so um, that's probably the angle that will probably get the prize at the end of the day. So... <laughs> Currently, I'm actually uh, winning as the only respondent to it, but I've got that up there as an example. If you look at the pinned Twitter post, you can see an example of uh, perhaps some stuff we're looking for. So, um, thanks very much for that, Banksy. Uh, If no one else answers, uh, I'll quite enjoy that basketball. Please get involved. I don't really want to be handing the prize over to Benny, so get get your entry in and um, get this ball off my hands. And did you mention what round we're going to draw that in between round six and seven, was it? Yeah, that's right. So after round six, a double round um, for New Zealand and Sydney, um, which is a big focus for us. Uh, We will pick our best response. As we're doing our podcast along the way, we might read out a few clubhouse leaders. Um, So yeah, that's, uh, I guess, uh, a bit of a prize. So Cool. Thank you for that. To start us off for the week. Now, we also had the NBA kick off in the last seven days as well. And the best thing was we've got some Aussies that are starting to uh, do some good things over there. So obviously, last we saw the debuts for uh, Ryan Brokoff and Jonah Bolden, who become our 19th and 20th Australian NBA players. And Frankston Boy, which we like here at the podcast in Brockoff. Yeah, so. Brockoff, even, I think they've even got him listed down as his, uh, at his, his birth place as Frankston Victoria in the, uh, <laughs> yeah. on the ESPN, which so is kind of cool. Don't hold that against him, though. Don't hold that against him, that's right. And I think he uh, hit a three in the first, oh, both, two of these first games, that's right. He didn't uh, trouble the scorers in his third, um, which was played 
uh, today, but um, uh, yeah, the first we hit a couple of threes, so that's good. And while we're on uh, Aussies in the NBA, uh, we don't want any spoilers out there, but uh, Paddy hitting the game winner against uh, LeBron's Lakers today. How about Paddy? Paddy, looked, Paddy looked thrills. Good. Well, there's a few question marks on there. Why didn't um, DeRozan get the the, uh, the last shot? When I, mean, I think if you watch the play, it looks like DeRozan was getting guarded pretty hard. So um, uh, I think that was a smart move by Aldridge, I think, to pass it to uh, Paddy, who had the little mid-range jumper for the uh, two points, which was uh, was good. So good on you, Paddy. Getting pretty excited. Something Paddy. LeBron couldn't do. That's right. Um, no, getting the digging the heels into LeBron already. Yeah, seen yeah. he's left the Cavs. Good on you. I thought you were getting, you were getting a Lakers tat put it's over that Cavs tat. Not likely. No. Okay. Um, and last of all, talking Aussies in the NBA jingles. Now, guys, we want to get aboard the jingles for the All Star campaign. I can see a little bit of uh, momentum for that on Twitter. Um, so fans have fifty percent of the voting, guys. Media and players get twenty five percent each. So. Um, we need to use the power of the people. Um, so I was thinking, you know, we could come up with a hashtag or something to start mounting the campaign. And uh, after he puts in a, a good performance, we can uh, start uh, going on that hashtag and uh, pumping it up. Um, I've come up with a quick one. Probably shows that I've got uh, kids three and under, but I've got hashtag jingle, jingle, little all-star. <laughs> no? <laughs> No, a- anyone else? Anything else? I'm just going with just basically hashtag uh, give old man Joe a go. Old man Joe a go. Thanks for anything for us. No, oh, no. Good. How can you? How can you compete with that anyway? But yeah, I can't so, read that. No, so we'll be looking for a hashtag to get on board, and it's awesome to see jingles That's performing it. the way he is. Just on the, his first game, obviously hit 22 points and had six assists and four steals. Um, and then in, in his second game against Golden State, no less, he had 27 points on seven from 11 threes. So he was obviously uh, looking pretty good that night. Yeah. Uh, he also had four rebounds and four assists and two steals and a block in that game. Um, and then in the third game versus Memphis, while well, he only dropped the nine points on uh, one, set, one of seven three points, he had uh, eight rebounds and five assists so he's, and two steals. So he's still getting pretty good uh, stats, even if he's not scoring points. Now, I know we like to focus on fantasy a lot, as we, but we do dribble all things Aussie hoops and fantasy. So uh, just keeping on uh, the NBA theme, um, this actually does have a bit more NBL relevance because the NBA G League has announced a new, I guess, uh, uh, or actually it's going to be called a select player contract um, to which is going to be an offer to elite 18-year-olds ineligible for the NBA draft. So these contracts would pay around 125000 US, which is about four times the normal G League salary. Um, and it, that they all, the positions would also include off-court development programs. Now, why is this relevant to our league, guys? Next star. Next star. So we've been loving Bowen at the moment. Expansion on the horizon. Be great to get a, a couple more players. Um, there's actually an awesome article on this uh, on Fox Sports by Olga Ulrich. Um, so there's a comment on there from an NBA executive. Um, so talking about this program, they're saying not only do they get to stay in the States, uh, they get to make more money in the G League than they do in the NBL. So there's no real reason for them to go across to Australia and I do think it kind of limits the potential of the NBL program. So uh, look up that article by Olgan. Um, it's a really good read. And 
let's be honest, this is targeted ex- directly at the Next Star program. Why would they have kids coming straight out of high school getting these deals where they're getting paid four times the G, you know, standard G League salary of these, you know, the poor dudes that are in the G League that have been, you know, battling away for three or four years, like, or the guy that was in, I forget his name off the top of my head, the guy that played for the Lakers, that they gave him that one game yeah, last that's year. Right. In- right? Was it Ingram? Ingram, yeah, Ingram. it was Ingram. Yeah. And, um, you know, he's play, he played G League for nine years or something, you know, and he's and slaving away on 50 grand US a year, which is, I mean, it's not horrible money, but it's not anything... To, you can't retire on those sorts of money, yeah. you know. And um, now these kids are going to be coming in and getting four times the salary or whatever. And yeah, it's pretty pretty crappy, I reckon. I reckon they're just having a stab straight at the NBL, which is a bit rubbish. But And yeah, I guess to compare, <clears throat> the NBL would be sort of net 50,000 US after tax. So um, it's a big, I guess, uh, I guess promotion. Well, money-wise, it's more for the guys. They'd be in an NBA system, but... It's not the most glamorous lifestyle. I think uh, being, if you ask Bowen playing a couple of games a week, probably living in the Harbour City, it's probably not the worst thing. And so far, we've got, I guess, where one thing that the Next Star program has on this program is that it's worked. Ferguson is a proven example. Hopefully, Bowen will be a proven example, and then it might actually still attract some new players. Yeah, I guess we'll have to wait and see. I know the NBL was talking about getting a couple extra next stars for this year, although it's probably unlikely now. But um, yeah, I guess that's it's a wait and see. But I think it's definitely going to kill, kill it. Okay, moving on. Next topic. I want to discuss something that, or someone, uh, who can be very divisive. Um, so you either love him or you hate him, and that is Corey Homicide Williams. Now, guys, firstly, I'm not talking about his basketball credentials. Um, you, they can't be questioned. So he's a former MVP of the league. Um, as far as a, a streetball legend of uh, Rucker Park, he's been listed on an ESPN article in the top 24 players of all time. Now, guys, this list can, in, includes Kareem and Wilt. Um, so I want to discuss Corey from two points. Firstly will be his over-the-top affection for those New York City streetballers. <coughs> and secondly will be his relentless trolling of the Wildcats. Um, so, guys, can you tell me from last season who was Homicide's love child? Sosa. Sosa. New York City point guard, right? Mm-hmm. And it goes without saying, who was who is his uh, favourite player this season? And I think he reminded us of that every round of the NBL season, did he not? Pretty much, yeah. Yes, he did. So this year we've got who? Too hard to guard? Too hard to guard. Who's too hard to guard? You got, so everyone knows him as too hard to guard now. Um, so what I want to ask you guys firstly, what do you think of the way that he pumps up these players? So I try to think of it from like another sporting perspective. So obviously, um, the AFL equivalent is Brian Taylor. He will have his you know specific player remarks, how he says Zaharakis for about 10 seconds long. Um, I'm a Collingwood fan, so we've had you know Neon Leon. What do you do? You think that adds anything to the coverage? Uh, no, not really. I think he's just there to drum up promotion. It's a promotional sort of thing as well, and that's about it. I think he's just there to do a job, which is drumming up the NBL. Which is, I'm a fan. He's obviously a fan of these guys, and if he wants to talk them up, albeit all season, um, jumping on the wagon with these guys, then it creates banter. It, re- it. it you know, if you've only got to look as far as his Twitter page to see all the banter that he creates. Whether it's good or bad, I think it you know 
it, it's bringing attention for the league, so I'm certainly not against it. Yeah, look, and I guess we tweeted out a link to a YouTube video with Homicide actually going head-to-head in a street ball game with Address. So, you know, they've got a history there. It's not just his looked in Google and seen that he's from New York, so I'm going to pump this guy up. Um, he obviously knows him well, and there's actually a, a video on YouTube as well talking a bit with showing uh, De Leon going up against Brandon Jennings, which Homicide mentioned in the in the coverage. So he's not making stuff up. Um, said I personally don't have a problem with it as far as adding excitement goes as well. But what I think most people have the problem is he'll pump this guy up, and then you think of what, how he talks about the likes of Bryce Cotton yeah. historically. Yeah. And that's where that's what's it's contradictory to with that, and it sounds like he. It seems like sometimes he doesn't have an idea what he's talking about. And surely he does that for attention. Yeah, he, I, he, I he cannot so. legitimately think that Cotton isn't the MVP of this league, um, and that's where I think he purely does it for attention on Twitter, and yeah. he wants that banter, he wants that reaction yep. to bring attention to the league. Yeah, I guess on that point, I remember last season when Homicide did his mid-season awards. And he built it up. He sent the tweet out there saying, I'm going to announce it today. I'm going to release my top five guards. And everyone was waiting for him to leave Cotton off the list altogether. So he actually did make Cotton number one. And um, I guess this is where I'm at with the whole Perth thing. Eventually, the trolling, you know, such as picking Brisbane up, picking Brisbane to win the game last week, it takes away from the credibility. Um, The call that I think... Perth missing the finals. I think that's fair enough. I've seen a few experts tip Perth to miss the finals. I don't know if they take that back now. Um, and I know we now preview we had Perth in the top three. So do you guys think that it takes the credibility away from the broadcast? Like if you're... Obviously the NBL wants new, new viewers. So if you're new, you've got this guy tipping, tipping Brisbane against Perth, tipping against Perth every week. We know he's trolling. <laughs> But do you think that takes away from the credibility at all? No, is that I a concern? So, I think the other guys that are on the commentary always disagree with him when, in those circumstances anyway. So I don't think it takes anything away from the commentary. I just think it makes, you know, it probably brings to, uh, to a, a newbie that doesn't know what he's like, they're going to think that he doesn't know what he's talking about. Yeah, so I guess that's probably, a, a, I guess, to his own credibility. And, and I, you can see through it as well. I mean, he's purely there to make outlandish statements. Um, and, you know... You can see just from him tipping Brisbane, he was purely doing that to get a reaction. With a smile on his face? There's, there's, there's no way exactly. if you were going to select no. and you were in a tipping competition, you're not, you're not picking Brisbane in that game. Nope. So you can see straight through that. But as you say, if it's for people that are new to this league who haven't been following the NBL the last couple of years, then you think, what is this guy on about? He's supposed to be you know, an expert commentator. What is he doing? So I know we can see through it, and probably a newbie will hope can see through it, but I actually asked some Perth fans on the Perth fan page, and uh, out of all the comments, the majority just said that they believe that he does lose the credibility, um, and you shouldn't be showing this sort of bias as as a commentator. It should be uh, neutral. But uh, the last last post... um, was agreeing with what you guys said. So basically saying it's all about publicity. It says the NBL's not dumb. Well, not all the time. Um, they know exactly what they're doing. Have a go at the largest fan base in Australia. And he just said, suggests to ignore him or and uh, just laugh at him, basically. So, um, yeah, controversial, I guess, uh, caller. Um, but 
Um, it's obviously affecting most of the Perth fans, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I guess we uh, can see through it, and I think he's probably going to continue on the coverage. And so. the only way Perth have got to respond is on the court, and that's exactly what they've that's done so doing. far. Yep. That's all they've got to do. All right, guys, um, Banksy, a big other thing that we were looking at was uh, the potential for uh, someone on, who's on all of our teams in Drimmich to be suspended. I guess tell us what you make of the incident and an update for us. So I believe he's been cleared, yep. which is the logical uh, <clears throat> logical result there. Um, I certainly didn't think watching it live that it was intentional. His eyes were on the ball. He was going to reach the ball away from one of the other United players. So pretty cool, pretty logical result there. And I'm glad he got off because obviously he's one of our, our boys that we have sitting on the bench there uh, and one of our value picks as well. Yep, um, it was good to see, and obviously he's going to help everyone's fantasy team that has him as well, because I think he's one of the higher-picked players. And speaking of fantasy, let's let's add enough news, and uh, let's get on to some fantasy chat. Alright, listeners, first thing we're going to talk about this week is something that I normally get very interested in. Oh, yeah! <laughs> Position changes. <laughs> so, so, obviously, the uh, league said that they are um, going to look at doing position changes during the year, um, but they didn't give us any guidelines, like, obviously, in different games, different fantasy sports, they'll say when they're going to do it, which rounds, rah, rah, rah. Yep. But um, we had a bunch of them. So, we're going to run through them pretty quickly here, and then uh, Banksy, I'm going to run through them, and Banksy and Benny are going to have a quick chat about if any are relevant at all. Um, so, where am I going to start off? I'll start off with Sobi. Got added, point guard added to his position. Newble, small forward added to his. McCarron, PG added. Glidden. Small forward added. Drimmick, small forward added. Uh, Armani Moore from New Zealand, power forward added. Um, and Conrad got shooting guard added to his. And Ty Wesley was captain added to his. Uh, captain. Captain. Center added to his. Did you say Terrico? Um, Terrico was already dual. Was he? I'm pretty sure he was because I had him in my team last week. Nah, no, added small forward. Oh, I was it? Yeah, 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 added okay. small forward. Very I'll, handy. Right, I'll take that, but yes. I'm sure, I thought he was already a jewel, but okay. we know who t- who's got Terrico in their teams. But yeah, so I've been watching. Obviously, Terrico's fantasy relevant. What are the other ones we got? Um, personally, just uh, across the scope, I across the season, all of these players are relevant. Agreed. As far as um, this week, um, I guess you can probably narrow it down by a schedule, Banksy. I think Sobey's the biggest one. Yep, and that was the one we called as well, wasn't it? Yep. Yeah. And that's purely because the point card position is so thin when we're looking at the fantasy-relevant players. So, obviously, you got Ware on the four doubles in a row, and there wasn't much competition there. So, most people are going to have Ware. Um, but now, we might have some people who uh, have obviously watched Ware over the last couple of games. His fantasy scores haven't been up there. You can now roll with a Sobey instead if you want to try and be a bit more unique at the position. And we'll talk about that more in a minute. Um, we received a Twitter question about that exact thing. So... Um, who else we've got? Uh, Glidden with the Brisbane good schedule to start off with now. I'm not a big fan of paying up for Glidden personally, but he is uh, scoring well. Mm-hmm. 
I think the other relevant one is Dremick. So obviously most people, he's one of the most selected players in fantasy. So we've got a bit more flexibility. You know, you can switch him and Bowen on the bench if you've got both of them. So it gives you not only flexibility to cover, um, but it also gives you flexibility when you're making your trades, being able to switch him around as well. So I think that's sort of the go with most of them. Not so much fantasy relevance, but it's going to give us much more flexibility when we're making our trades, knowing a lot of these players you can now switch between the two positions. And just on that, how good is it having the advanced trading? It's amazing what much you can better. do with your team. It's, yep. I'm so glad they fixed it. Yep, so. agreed. Uh, so, Benny, you're going to chat a bit more about We just spoke about it quickly there. But going over the list now, we've seen a couple of games. We've had a couple of rounds. Um, we want to talk about the depth in each position, seeing as we're talking about round three, which is obviously the start of the major prize comp. So uh, start off with the point guards we just spoke about. Yeah, look, I guess uh, now's a good time to introduce that Twitter question that we received. I'd like to thank you for your... I'd like to thank you for your giving attention. I'd like to thank you for your participation. So thank you very much to Dan- at Daniel Catronis. Um, he asked... Uh, what do we do with where he's thinking of holding him for the fixtures? So I went through the process of going through each uh, different position and looking at the depth of players. Now, um, what I look for is the amount of players that are averaging 30 points or above. I think we can all agree that that's a fairly solid um, scoring at 30 or above. Nothing outstanding, but solid. Um, Now, at the time, uh, there was only three point guards um, that were averaging 30 points, uh, being uh, Trimble, Randall, and Damian Martin. So whether Martin is likely to continue averaging that, I was a bit sceptical about. And Casper was actually fourth in line on uh, with around a 28 average. Um, And so at that time, we thought the good schedule meant that, you know, hold Casper, but I think that uh, now that Sobey's in there, if you were, uh, I guess, over Casper um, or a bit scared of Casper the Ghost, um, now that Sobey's there, would you guys say that that's a viable option? Uh, I'd say yes, because I'm thinking about doing it in my own team and dropping Casper because I haven't been impressed with watching him live or in the games we played away. Um, But I still am undecided, but thanks. I'll play the other side of the fence. Um, I'm still going to roll with Ware. Two reasons. So Adelaide have the two doubles in a row. Ware has the four doubles in a row. This week, Adelaide have quite a hard schedule. They play Cairns in Cairns, followed by the trip over to New Zealand as well. Yep. Um, I would not be surprised at all if Ware outscores Sobey this week based on their opponents. Makes and big calls. the other thing I'll bring to your attention is what I think is very important is come round six, who are you playing at point guard? Because you've got Melbourne and you've got New Zealand on the double, and no one else. And New Zealand don't have a point guard that's fantasy relevant at the moment. So likely if you do roll with Sobi to begin with at your point guard position, you're going to end up with where come that round six anyway. I'll throw a spanner in the works. What about McCarran? Uh, paying overs. Paying a little bit overs, but averaging a little bit more as well. Um, so yes, you're paying a little bit more, but... Yeah, it's not an easy swap to do. if you've got, Unless you have some serious cap space, it's probably difficult, but yep. definitely a viable option. Um, So initially, we had only three point guards averaging over 30. That's now five. So five there. Five point guard position is still the thinnest position. Um, I'll just quickly go through. So shooting guards, we've got 10 players over 30 points. So that's where the most depth is. Small forward, we only had four, but now we have eight. 
power forward, we had seven, which is now eight. And at the center position, we had six, which is now seven, with the addition of the grown man um, being added to that. Uh, so what's interesting about the shooting guard position, it was only DJ Kennedy that had dual position out of those 10 players. And now I think all bar one have dual position. Mm. So they've just gone nuts yeah. on that um, dual position in the shooting guard position. So I guess, yeah, that's it was stark to only have three point guards compared to 10, but uh, 10 shooting guards that were averaging over 30, but that's been, I guess, corrected. Changed so. now, and I think the league's done well to uh, make put those player changes in early so that people can make a bit of a different side. And what I really love about these position changes is I started to get some Twitter feedback that, you know, our teams are starting to look the same. There's no unique teams out there. This is what's going to make our teams unique to, yep. to everyone else's is having so much more flexibility um, and so many different options to have in your team at the different positions. And they've only missed on one, in my opinion. Who's that? Someone who's listed as a shooting guard mm-hmm. who should have got point guard. We mentioned Sobi. Who else? I think we may have mentioned him in previous podcasts, but... Bryce Cotton. Bryce Cotton. The MVP. On, nailed it on the head. Yeah, that's the it. player I stupidly traded out last week before round two. So, yeah, for me, Bryce, I don't, we, we have no idea if they're going to do more positional changes no. through the year. So it would have been nice if, nice if Bryce had have got it as well. But hopefully they'll cotton on yeah, that eventually. Think, oh, yeah, Zinger, bit of Zinger there. <laughs> Sorry, um, I think with them it's a bit harder because they've got Martin this year and they've got Norton as well who play. They're pretty much changing that position. I know Banks, you're going to say that uh, Martin doesn't really play offense at all in point guard, but definitely on the in the um, defensive side he's taking the best. Exactly. And watching the last Perth game, that's what we saw a lot. Obviously Martin um, lines up at the point guard position on defense, but... The plays are run through Cotton, yeah. and you often see on the offensive plays that um, Martin's obviously standing in the corner yep. on the three-point line. So I wouldn't be surprised if Cotton eventually gets that point guard eligibility as well. Yeah, right. yeah. so we'll have to wait and see for the next couple of weeks, see if they do any more changes in there. All right, so let's look at who was putting in the work after round two. Put in the work in there, work, work. Put in the work in there, work, work. Put in the work in there, work, work. All right, so let's talk the good performances of round two, Banksy. So worth noting, round two, we only had the two teams on the double, of course. So you had the Sydney Kings and Adelaide 36ers. Absolute standout, Andrew Bogut, well done. 134 fancy points over the two games. And if you were lucky enough to have him as captain, if you started your leagues from round one, you got two Andrew Bogut, so 268 points as your captain score. Um, then we had Daniel Johnson was next highest score with 101 points. He's been extremely Ripping consistent to start the start the year. Um, his last game did taper off a little bit. I think he had a 24 fantasy point game. So just one to watch there, especially with his two matchups this yeah. weekend, um, being against Cairns and New Zealand in away games. Sobi with 98 was very impressive. Um, where did this next one come from, boys? So we had Lish, <laughs> yeah. 97 over the two games after he only scored a 10 in game one. I did the notice the weekly winner had Lish in their team this week. Yeah. Who was the weekly winner? I'm not too sure of their name, to be honest. <laughs> um, but, as I said last week, um, Lish, 10, one to watch. He wasn't going to continue on that uh, that sort of scoring, so massive 97 
in round two. Um, then we had some players on the single. So we had Boone um, showing why he should be in everyone's team as of round three. 75 fantasy points in the low 20s um, in terms of minutes played. Uh, Blanchfield, one from left field, 74 fantasy points in one game. Um, we had Long, um, 62. What's, uh, that's what we expect from Long with what he's capable of with his ceiling. Boydy, your boy, Newble, 56, continues to to be the number one fantasy-ranked player by average. Technically not my boy, because I don't actually have him in my team, but... He's one you've been on all pre-season, so that's surprising. Oh, he's the top-scoring player in the Blitz, <laughs> and it's carried over into the season proper. If he's... he had a better schedule, I'd probably definitely have him in there. Oh, absolutely. And absolutely. he's the man in Cairns as well. With... One to watch. Oh, and Trimble's pretty good as well, obviously, but uh, Newble's still, I think... The Let's man. be honest. The third import's your boy. <laughs> you were talking him up. <laughs> I was talking him up. You know, he just got drafted in the NBA, you know. That's just, another uh, story. But, uh, yeah, anyway. All right, and I think the other two we've got to highlight is two of our best cash cows that we should all have sitting on our bench. So Barlow, again, 52. We have to DB. mention this guy. DB. Continues to get it done um, and continues to get that maximum increase of 100K added to his price. So he's making cash on the bench. Or he might even be starting him. Um, he's showing he's very consistent. Still only 61% owned. I don't know what, what? the other what? 39% of the competition are rolling with, but I would absolutely be targeting Barlow this week if you don't have him in your team already. And the other one we're going to highlight is Bowen, the next star. So he scored 43 over his two games, um, but again, got a large increase on his price. But again, 48% owned. I don't know who the other 52% of the comp are rolling with with their bench players. That could be our other advice of Drimmich on the bench, I He's guess. He's already made 148k, uh, which is pretty much... We're getting close to doubling his starting price, really, hmm. once you look at it. So he is a cash cow, and Barlow, obviously, is all, uh, up 200k already, um, the maximum both rounds. So definitely one to have in the book. I think uh, that covers off all of our goods for the week. Uh, so the bads of the week, Banksy. What do you got for me? Well... Shouldn't be on anyone's team, but I can't help but highlight Holt. <laughs> yeah, I had him as number one as the bads as well. <laughs> Steve ne- Holt, not doing too well at the moment. Negative one. He had a negative? He had a negative. Jeez. So, okay. I don't think he'll ever enter my team, but he's going to be uh, bargain basement priced at this rate if he keeps continuing to score in the negatives. Um, we had Rashad. He Look, came back down to... Just on that, there, <laughs> there is actually 188 people that have Steve Holt in this side. Really? So That's surprising. He's owned by 4% of the... He must have population. a massive family. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I doubt we'll see uh, that many owners come next round. If you've got him in your team, get him out. <laughs> uh, bad scores. We had Rashad. He came back down to earth after a really good showing for the Breakers last round. And just on that, are we going to go with the Richard... Like they do. That's Rashad. No, Rashad. I was at the at the United Rashad. game. I don't know if they're uh, you know uh, having a go or being a bit cheeky, but it was yeah, it was it was a very richy. Well, I know you still say Drimmich when it's Drimmich. So I don't know if we're going to go that for that. Jarvis and Jervis. Apparently. Oh, yeah, Jarvis oh geez, and Jervis. that was yeah, controversial. Um, uh, yeah, carry on. Under Rashad. Anyway, Richard Rashad scored a five. So Ugh. yuck. And who else? He's running, buddy. And he's made at the breakers more. Um, traded him out of my individual team last week. Lucky. Luckily. Because, yeah, um, he could become very cheap when the breakers schedule picks up in a couple of weeks. 
So could be a good thing. Only if he starts scoring points, you don't want to be bringing him in even if he's cheap. He was doing nothing. No, but on the back of a five from Rashad, a seven from Moore, especially after Moore's performance last week, these guys are going to be pretty cheap. So could be a good thing for our fantasy teams if they show something in the next week or two and then bring them in on the cheap thereafter. Now we had the other point guard cash cow that a lot of people are rolling with. Nah, he scored 11. Um, Was in a little bit of foul trouble in that game, which is worth noting. Also worth noting, he actually started the second half um, for the Hawks as well. So keep an eye there. Um, but just just so we're on it, at his price though, he still went up in price. Exactly. So even though he only had an 11, that's correct, he still made money. So, so was he really bad? Yeah. Nah. nah. <laughs> so, however. Geez, that wasn't even rehearsed. Like just it. like our basketball blokes official team rolling with Adnam, he actually... Uh, Maxed out, did he? Oh. I don't think he quite maxed okay. out, but he had an impressive 30-point fantasy game in the, the King's huge win. So I know a lot of people are rolling with Adnam uh, for the security, like I've been highlighting through our podcast, but then you've also got some that went the bargain basement with Nas. So still could go either way, um, but I was pretty happy after what I saw from Adnam on the weekend. As listeners are already probably picking up on this, this is going to be a battle the whole season, whether it's Yenar, our boy Yenar, Benny, or Banksy's boy, Wild card at them. And there's a lot to play out there. Let's see what happens with uh, Cedric. That's going to play a big part as well, I think. Mm. Mm. And we actually saw them both playing side-by-side as well to start that second half for the Hawks. So They'll they'll have funny matchups all the time. Mm. Bevo's not afraid to do... And what was interesting was even when they both played on the court at the same time, Cedric played off the ball and Nah was the ball handler. So good sign for Nah. Yep. Um, final couple of bad scores there that we need to highlight um, was Nathan Jaiwai, 15. Um, would have expected a bit more. Um, and then we have to... I know it was a terrible game for Brisbane, but we had Bairstow with 16 and Hodgson with 17. So would have ideally liked to see a bit more there. And also, Alonso, what are you doing, G? <laughs> um <laughs> Your boy, your boy, the Cavs man. And look, with my individual team, I am so torn this week. I want to keep him. I want to see something. But he's just not giving me that big ceiling score I would have expected from someone of his calibre. And I guess just on uh, the likes of uh, a few of these players we've mentioned in Armani Moore and uh, Alonzo G, um, on the Aussie Hoopla um, page, um, they've asked the question, uh, who will be the first import sacked? And, you know, there's plenty of votes for these guys. And I know we're going to move on to trade targets soon. But uh, Dan Boyce, uh, who I believe runs the Aussie Hoopla page, um, mentioned that uh, DJ Kennedy, there are rumours of him not fitting in um, with uh, United. And that's something that doesn't go well with the salary between five to 700k. So that's a bit scary. Um, I just thought I'd mention that. But yeah, there's plenty of love for um, uh, G and uh, Rashad and Armani uh, getting the first imports booted. But, uh, yeah, I guess um, we've got one more on the list of bad players to mention, which I don't have in my team, but I'm sure... And just on that, that's very surprising for me. That's the first I've heard of that. And um, DJ Kennedy doesn't look like he's had any problems fitting in with United, especially after those two games he's played. Massive fantasy scores and hoping that he fits in just well in my fantasy team this week as well, heading into round three. sure we'll talk about it more later. Yeah. Um, And yeah, last one, I don't want to say it. Terrico White, 
Good first half, right? Yeah, 19. Looked fantastic first half. And I think the game was over. And mm. he just sort of took that back seat and just sat in the corner and watched Cotton do his thing. So it's got to be said, but I'm not too worried about it. He'll be fine going forward, I think. Cool. All right, I think that wraps up for the good and the bad this week. Uh, so moving into round three, three preview now, let's look at some trade targets. Say, who know we need it? Something new in our lives. We know new things can lead to something true. Can't approve. Say, who know I need it? Something new in my life. I know new things can lead to. All right, so let's talk some trade targets coming into round three, noting that round three is the start of the official game with the major prize. So what do you got for us, Banksy? The overall rankings. So look, I don't think much has changed from what we've um, sort of pointed out to do with your trades in the first two weeks. Yep. But I think heading into round three with the rankings starting for overall, you want to ensure you've got all of the um, the cash cows. So the two that obviously stand out that we've touched on, if you don't have Bowen in your team, if you don't have... Um, Barlow. 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 Barlow's number team. one. Barlow's They're scoring. The They're the Barlow's scoring in the top 10 averages and he's... Nearly 50. Yeah, yeah and, he, and he's cheap as chips. He's scoring, like 700K. Scoring more than his age. <laughs> yeah, he is. Just. But they're two must-haves. But as you can see from those percentages we listed off a bit earlier, half the comp doesn't have them. So they, if, if it was me, those would certainly be the two I'd absolutely be targeting if they weren't in my team. I think if you've got all of the value picks, you've got the cash cows that are going to increase in value and actually help your team longer term into the season, you've got to make sure this week you've got a captain yep. ready to go. Um, someone that's going to score you big points, which we'll go through our captain selections in a moment, but someone you're very comfortable in uh, putting the C on that's going to earn you double points. So we're talking, what? like we talked before, you're talking to Boone, you're talking a DJ as in Daniel Johnson. Maybe. More on that later, I'd suggest. We're Maybe gonna... you're talking to Sobe even at a stretch. Someone that's obviously on a double. Um, and this week you've got every team except New Zealand and Sydney on a double. So. That's it. And someone you can rely on that you're pretty comfortable can score you 100 points plus over, over the double. <coughs> okay. <coughs> <laughs> and I think if you've already got your value picks, which really you should at this, this point... Um, and well, you've not got everyone a... does, according to the percentages. And look, to be honest, I'm bringing my captain into my team this week. I don't already have them in, so that's Good. that's someone I'll be focusing on. Like but if you've got your value pick sorted already, you've got your captain in your team for this round, then I would just absolutely be ensuring that I've got everyone that I'm playing on my court this week on a double. Doubles, yep. So if you don't, that's, that's the third thing. So you've covered the value, you've covered a captain selection, and then you're ensuring that relevant to the schedule, you've got everyone on your court on a double to maximise your fantasy points for the week. Like it. And I guess that's a good point stage to move on to our joint team. And we do have everyone on the double, um, the double games this week. Um, so what trades are we looking to bring in to our joint team this week, guys? We've confirmed that Controversial, but we went. Uh, we're going to drop out DJ and bring in Boone. Why would we do that? Why I wonder what Banksy's convinced us to do that. But anyway, and well, Banksy, Banksy and I are of the belief that the Adelaide schedule is a lot more difficult this week. They're both away games, uh, and I mean DJ's had a good run, but I think it's time to put our trust in Boone. And it's a bit of a, It's not just this week, but it's a bit of a longer-term yeah, strategy as well. Yeah, you've yeah. got Melbourne on four doubles, you've got Adelaide on two, and if you look at this week's matchups, I think we'll uh, find that Adelaide has quite a tough matchup with two travelling oh, games yep. over in Cairns, followed by a game over in New Zealand. Yep. And the other trade we're looking at in the joint team, I think, was Alonso G. G. 
Um, are we going to mention and the dunk? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now let's. let's I was we, uh, we were watching the game on uh, when was that game? The Brisbane game on it was uh, the Saturday afternoon game. Was it? Oh, I can't remember. Yeah, yeah. Saturday afternoon game. Annihilation. We watched it all. And I can't believe at at the start there was a play where he uh, got the steal. He got he the steal. Well. Got the steal. That was great. And he was plus four. He was, he plus was, four. Yeah, and he was going. He, was, he had a fast break. There was. I think Cotton was chasing him, but he was kind of a step behind him. Maybe, him out, maybe. he probably would have. And then look, he faked Cotton out, and Cotton went sort of for the block and just kept going and all out of court. And then all G had to do was just just lay it in, yeah, or dunk it. I would have thought dunk all it. All by himself. Maybe. He was by himself, no right. one around him, and he missed. He had a couple of goes at it, right? Yeah, <laughs> I think he had a second go at it. Yes. For me, that was the well. moment, was like, oh, right? No. We all have moments in N- our trade decision. NBA material. They say this is time. This is that's when I decided that G is out of my team personally, and where I would lobby for him to be taken out of the joint team. So who are we bringing in on the joint team? DJ Kennedy. That's agreed. I think that's agreed. Is it? Yes. Yeah. I think yeah. the Melbourne schedule is too too good to pass up. I mean, they've got eight. They've got eight games in the next four weeks. Um, the closest to that is Brisbane's got seven, um, but apart from that. Um, no one else is. No one gets near it. So, and I think there's two reasons why we're bringing DJ Kennedy. Yes. So we know now he's over his injury. He's good to go. Yep. That, that was the reason we don't already have him. Yep. Um, and the other reason is with our joint team, we're looking a bit longer term as well. We're very focused on that round six, where there's only two teams on the double: Melbourne United and the Breakers. So, yep. I think longer term, good players to be bringing in Boone for a captain selection but the four doubles on the trot at the centre position and DJ Kennedy gives you that flexibility where you can switch in between shooting guard and small forward which is going to be really handy come round six and moving on to our individual uh, team trades um, I will also be doing uh, DJ Kennedy from Alonzo G and uh, I'm I had a bit of cash in the bank so I'm going to bring in Sobi to my uh, sixth man position, and uh, that's an upgrade from Cam Bearstow. So, unfortunately, Cam's not getting it done. Haven't got mine finalised yet, but I'm thinking with Sobi becoming a PG, like we spoke about earlier in the podcast, moving him across to the point guard position, so, uh, bringing Terrico in off the bench, and then, yes, dropping Casper because I'm not really happy with how he's going, and trading him for Boone, because I don't have him at the moment. And then, same thing again, I think G for DJ Kennedy would be my second twist. The other thing I like about DJ Kennedy is he scored well in the last game versus Adelaide at home on Sunday, even though he did not start. McCarran actually got the start, um, and DJ came off the bench, but he still played solid minutes and still got a solid score. And even though he came off the bench, I think he was on almost about 30 fantasy points a quarter time. So Something like that, yes. Didn't, didn't stop him from firing early. The thing about him as well is I don't think... The eye test that we talk about, he actually didn't look like he was doing that much, but he yeah. was scoring points. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So I, I looked at quarter time. He hasn't taken over a game. Scores. He hasn't... I no. don't even think he's scored 20 points in a game yet, has he? So, um, yeah, I just like that all around. Then my, my, my trades, Banksy, your personal team? Um, look, I'm still playing around with it, and the main reason for that is, yes, I'll absolutely be ringing Boone in, um, probably for DJ at this stage, Daniel Johnson. The other one, it's mainly because I can't bring myself to to give up either Alonzo G or potentially Terrico White. But it's likely that one of the two, probably G, will go for DJ Kennedy. Oh, so we're all doing the same thing. Well, we know as soon as I trade out G, he's going he's gonna to monster Rip it us. Up. Yeah. yeah, look, he's going to probably pop up for a game where he has a double-double probably because he, he's not been not too bad on the rebounds. But 
Yeah, got know. a rematch with Perth next up. So. Yeah, it's not happen. Yeah. <laughs> and if we see a replay, I'm, we're not going to see any improvement there, are we? And now the moment you've all been waiting for out there, Banksy's captain choices for the week. Alright guys, so we've decided we're going to run with a top five um, like it. each week. So to give you a bit of variety, so if you don't have the number one player and you don't have to go with them, this is just an opinion piece, but it's going to give you a number of options that you can roll with just to, to give you a few tips. Five down to one and one being your prime primary captain. Number one correct. being the guy yeah. I will absolutely be going. Just so the people's out there know. Alright, so going to start with number five captain selection this week. Now... It's uh, it's a bit of an interesting one. We've got AJ Ogilvy, if he plays, will be my number five selection. Mm-hmm. But there's still a bit of a question mark around his ankle. So if he's not good to go, then I'll have K at number five. Like it. Um, so AJ, if he plays, he has the bullets at home, followed by United on the Monday. I think he's got two quite good matchups there and can get it done if he suits up. Otherwise, K um, plays Brisbane, followed by Melbourne at home. Um, I think he's the double-double threat at Perth, as he's yep. shown, especially after last week. And he has two really good key matchups, so I think we'll see him score quite well. Yep. Number four, I'm going to go with your man, Boydie, Bryce Cotton. Nice. Phenomenal form, absolute go-to at Perth. Um, and look, we could see, you know, same matchups as Kay, obviously, Brisbane, Melbourne. I could see him scoring really, really well. And if he doesn't go big on both of those games, he's certainly going to go big. At least against Brisbane. Mm-hmm. Number three. Um, won't be in my team, but it's hard to go past the best fantasy scoring player in the comp, DJ Newble. Um, is on a double this week, finally. Um, but just due to schedule thereafter, won't be in my team. But you cannot go wrong if you want a unique captain selection. Newble has been killing it. Number two. DJ Kennedy. So, obviously... A little bit controversial, a little bit controversial but yeah. we saw his massive... Although it was the four-overtime game, he went huge in that first game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What I was questioning is his injury, why he sat out that second game, and he looked absolutely fine in the third game on the weekend. So yeah. in that first quarter, as Bordy said, came off the bench and still ended up with 30-odd fantasy points in the first quarter alone, even though he didn't start. So he showed me he's over that injury, and he can go big. Even though he had quite a second half, he still mm-hmm. had a, a fantastic fantasy score. Absolutely ca- uh, captain relevant as yep. well. No Trimble. Ooh. I want to see a bit more from Trimble. Oh, okay. Yep. Two games in the league. Yes, Big he's call. looked good. Newball still outscored him last game. Yep. So I want to see a bit more there. Yep. Number one. <laughs> Probably not going to come as any surprise, but um, Josh Boone. Boone lover, come rescue me. <laughs> What is that? (laughs) So, absolute luck at the number one position for captain this week. Now, I'm not just saying it for the sake of it. Yes, he's he's a no-brainer most weeks, being a double-double threat. But if you actually listen to him being interviewed after their last game, he actually said he was really down on himself after the week before. We only had the seven rebounds against the the Breakers. Um, And look, he could have easily said that he barely played the second half, used that as an excuse. 
What I loved is he didn't. Instead, he said he spent the whole week working on his rebounding game to ensure it didn't happen again. He expects more in the way of rebounds per game for him. And he actually said he plans on leading the league in boards as well. So he went out that game thereafter, put up 15 points and 16 rebounds in, um, I think it was low 20-odd minutes he played in that game. So imagine if he he played 30-odd minutes. Yep. Um, so for me, guaranteed double double both games. So Whoa. I'm going to put that out there. Don't uh, this is Banksy, this, this, actually. This Don't, is Banks. This is Banks. This is okay. not body I'm, I'm I'm happy to be uh, responsible for it. But Ooh-wee. worth noting, Boone has said he wants to lead the league in rebounds. He sees Bogut as his competition. If he doesn't have in the back of his mind that they're both leading the league at 11.6 rebounds each at the moment, he'll be conscious of that. Mm-hmm. He wants to beat Bogut. He, he wants to lead the league in rebounds. Yep. We're going to see some pretty big games from him this week. Yep. Interesting. And the way Casper's shooting, there's probably going to be plenty of rebounds up for grabs. So. <laughs> Keep it going, Casper. <laughs> All righty. I think that's... Uh, we might need to take a break now because that, uh, that was pretty big. But um, So that wraps up our round three preview. Uh, so good luck to all the players out there. Uh, make sure you jump on board. Obviously, the start of the major prizes this week. So get your teams in, get it set. Hope we've helped you in some way. Uh, don't forget we've got the DT Dream Team Talk uh, article that'll be up sometime on Wednesday or Wednesday evening or Thursday morning. Uh, and also don't forget our comp that we mentioned at the start of the podcast. Jump onto our Twitter at bball underscore blokes or our Facebook which is just basketball space blokes and um, check out the things and get liking and sharing and tweeting and retweeting and answering questions and all that jazz or don't and I get Banksy's basketball yes (laughs) 